Welcome to The Wisdom Show, a gathering place for the world's leading experts in the fields of human potential, spirituality, personal development, health, relationships, and more. Join us as we evolve together to the highest expression of our lives. And now, your host, Gene Swan. Hello, and welcome to everyone joining us as we are about to discover the world's greatest longevity secrets. How would you like to live beyond 100 while enjoying great health, energy, and vitality? Well, most people believe that deterioration after the age of 25 is normal, that people should experience an aging process of growing weaker and less flexible and having more muscle and joint pain. The truth is vibrant health has nothing to do with our chronological age, and we're about to learn ancient Chinese health secrets that have proven that for centuries. Our guest, Dr. Simeon Roger, is an expert in what is considered the greatest energy healing system ever devised, Chinese Qigong. It is, he is a best-selling author on personal transformation methods used by ancient cultures. He's a sought-after speaker on human resilience, a university professor, martial arts expert, and an emergency management system expert. And with so many baby boomers seeking quick and artificial ways to stay young, we're really excited to welcome Dr. Roger, who's going to unveil how we can stay vibrant internally, and he'll reveal how true anti-aging is a process of staying young from the inside out. So welcome, Dr. Simeon Roger. Thank you, Jean. It's wonderful to be here. Now, I know that uh, many people, um, well, it is kind of an obsession with the baby boomers to stay young, and the majority of the people, it seems, go for artificial means to look young, but your program and your teaching and what you live in it on a daily basis through your Qigong program is being internally young, and, and that's really the secret of the fountain of youth, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is, and we're going to be talking quite a bit about longevity tonight, but it's, it's absolutely the secret. You have to approach longevity from the inside out, and yeah. when you do this, it makes a huge, tremendous difference. Uh, just to give you a couple examples from my, my own life, I'm 53 years old. I have trained with, uh, in, in the, within the past year and a half, I have trained with American and Israeli Special Forces veterans. I have no problem keeping up with them. I am, uh, I was actually having a massage at one point a few months ago, and the massage therapist, I asked her to estimate my age because she'd asked me <laughs> to estimate hers. It was kind of a fun game. And so, uh, you know, she had nothing to hide. She was in her early 20s. And I said, uh, so be, be perfectly honest, how old do you think I am? And she said, 34. Wow. <laughs> and I said, on, stop being nice. And she began to argue with me and said, okay, fine, I'll give you maybe 37, maybe. <laughs> but she said, I have seen, uh, being a massage therapist, a registered massage therapist, I see lots of, as she put it, I see lots of naked men. <laughs> and believe me, you look like you, you have to be, you can, I, if, if you're 40, I'll be surprised. Wow. Quite a, quite a testament to your lifestyle. And it absolutely has to do with what you do on the inside. You're absolutely correct in that. Right, and you um, you say in your program that people after 30, if they're not proactive about their health, they will start to decline, and that will rapidly decrease after 50. And you talk about seven dead, deadly spirals of disease that are all really combined into one big spiral. So can you explain for us that process of aging that happens and then how we can take steps to reverse it? 
Well, absolutely, I certainly will, because this is one of the main things we need to understand is that there are elements of the disease process, the degeneration process, that our own culture has blinded us to, that we're not that aware of. And when we get talking about it, it may seem a bit self-evident, and yet it's not something that's really out there in the public eye. It's not in our consciousness. So we do need to understand how this disease process works and what we can do about it. And just before we get into that, though, I'd like to tell everybody a story, share a story, uh, a really wonderful longevity story uh, happened in China in the last this past century, the 20th century. And it happened that back in the early uh, part of the 20th century, there was a Chinese general named Yang Shen, a good and benevolent man, as warlords go, in typically war-torn China of the early 20th century. And Yang Shen was passionately interested in, in the Taoist science of health and longevity, and we'll talk more about the Taoist tradition in a few minutes, but he was very, very fortunate at one point in the year 1927 because he met a man named Li Qingyun, and Li Qingyun was no ordinary man. Aside from being a Taoist master and an herbalist, Li Qingyun, according to the official records of the Chinese imperial government, had been born in 1678. So, in other words, when Yang Shen met him, he was nearly 250 years old, according to the official records of the government. And how would they know? Well, apparently, the Chinese imperial government, which kept meticulous records, you have to remember the Chinese actually invented bureaucracy thousands of years ago and were very, very good at it, very, very good at record-keeping, they had sent congratulatory telegrams to Li Qingyun on his 150th, 200th, and eventually 250th birthdays. So even if the authorities were off in their calculations by 50 years or a full century, Li Qingyun was one of the most remarkable cases of longevity in known history. Now, of course, our, you know, our modern medical establishment may laugh at that and say it's, it's a hoax or it's a, it's a complete clerical error or a case of mistaken identity. You know, who knows? I, I certainly can't prove it either way, and I'm not sure anyone can. But what's really interesting is the wealth of evidence pointing to Li Qingyun's incredible age. And although he was incredibly old, he was incredibly spry. It's said that people had a hard time keeping up with him when he would go out into the country and walk through the hills and valleys collecting herbs. And at the apparent age of 249, he gave eight three-hour lectures at a Chinese university, and in fact, even the New York Times carried a story about him. And I believe you can find that story online. It's from the year, I think it's around 1937 or so, if I remember. And the old man, by the way, was no monk. He had been married 14 times and outlived all his wives. And by the time of his death, he had nearly 200 descendants spanning 10 generations. He died of apparently natural causes, quote-unquote, at the age of about 256, but not before he taught his friend Yang Shen the secrets of health and longevity. And Yang Shen, after the uh, communist takeover, had, he had fled to Taiwan and he was seen enjoying mountain climbing on his 98th birthday. Mm. So, obviously, it worked for him. Now, the whole thing is, you know, what's the, what's the real secret here? 
how is it that this man attained such incredible longevity? And can you imagine the health, the energy, the vitality that this man had? And can you even imagine what it would be like to, you know, play ball with your great-grandkids and enjoy a 10-mile walk on your 100th birthday? And it's not as far-fetched as you may think, even in our very polluted environment. And we're going to be talking tonight about the, exactly the secret that, that Li Qingyun knew, because it's actually not nutrition and diet. It's something else. Not that diet is unimportant. It is. It's very important. However, there's something else going on here, and that's what we're going to get into. And in order to help understand what this is all about and help set the stage for it, what I'd like you to do, and I have to warn you, this is a very participatory class. You're going to be doing all kinds of interesting things and feeling all kinds of things you probably haven't felt before. And I'd, I'd love it if you could, you know, participate and, and follow along to the measure of your own physical ability. Uh, of course, if you're right now, if you're listening to this in the car or operating heavy machinery, please, please wait for the replay. So what you what you want to do is just hold up one hand, any hand, and choose a finger. Doesn't matter which one. And I'd like you to focus your mental attention your mental attention on the tip of that finger. And as you focus your mental attention on the tip of that finger, ask yourself this question. What physical sensations do I detect at the end of that finger using only the power of my mind? What physical sensations are there? What physical sensations do I feel? So go try that for a minute. You even may even want to close your eyes to do it, and that's fine. I'll just keep talking here, but... Do that and see what you come up with. See what the sensation is. What do you feel? Jean, is anything coming up for you? I feel my finger pulsating. That by putting my attention on it, it's, it's, I'm feeling a pulse sensation at the end of my finger. Okay, yeah, that's, that's one of the frequent answers, a pulse sensation. Uh, there are many others, by the way. Sometimes it's a, hot, a sensation of heat or a sensation of cold or a, uh, a tingling, or a throbbing of some kind, various types of sensations. And whatever you're feeling, it's perfectly fine, by the way. There is no right or wrong answer. The important thing, and the re one of the first interesting things, is that you have been able to detect what is going on at a remote location on your body using only the power of your mind. Right. And as a matter of fact, you can be taught how to detect what's going on on or anywhere in your body using the power of your mind. But it gets much more interesting than this, because if we could have hooked you up to very sensitive instruments while you were doing that, we could prove to you that by focusing your mental attention on that, the tip of that finger, you measurably changed the physiology at the end of that finger you actually altered the molecular structure. You changed what's going on in the physical world. How so? What happened? What you did was once you focused your mental attention on that area, you measurably increased the flow of blood, therefore the flow of oxygen, and also, according to Chinese medicine, the flow of energy or qi to the end of that finger. Now, if you can increase the flow of blood oxygen and energy to a, any location on your body, is that a good thing? Yes, that's a great thing. That it's means a, you can direct energy to any part of your body. That's right. And it's a healing reaction. 
it's a fundamental healing reaction. So you, you are the one who, using only the power of your mind, caused this healing reaction in your body. So now, now just uh, as a sort of counterfactual uh, argument, imagine now that you had a, just got a bad paper cut on the tip of that finger. Imagine a really nasty paper cut on the tip of that finger. Would the pain of that paper cut allow your mental attention to go anywhere else? No. No, no. It would, it would, it would keep your mental attention there like glue. And that's actually the function of pain. Pain, as my chiropractor says when he gives me one of those nasty cracks, he says, pain provokes the healing response. And the way it does this is by gluing your mental attention to that area because where your mental attention goes, according to Chinese medicine, blood and chi follow, and therefore oxygen too. So a total healing reaction takes place. So that's what happens, and you did that only with the power of your mind. So remember that. What you did was you used consciousness to change physiology. Right. That's a, that's a perfect demonstration and a quick and easy demonstration. Yeah, it's a very quick and easy one. And what we're going to do now is talk about how this relates to the seven deadly spirals of disease. And the seven deadly spirals, as I said, are disease dynamics that begin roughly around the age of 30, and they accelerate very rapidly after the age of 50 unless you take proactive steps. And the Taoist longevity tradition, which is the oldest scientific tradition on the planet, determined many, many centuries ago, in fact, millennia ago, that if you do the right things, there is absolutely no reason to suffer from these seven deadly spirals of disease. And they have a metaphor to talk about it. They say that when a door is in use all the time, its hinges never rust. And that's a metaphor for your body and mind, Gene, because our bodies, our physical form, uh, well, our entire form, both physical and mental, is a use-it-or-lose-it proposition. It has to be kept going. It's meant to move. And we know that now. We know that scientifically, right? Because we know, and we've only discovered in the past you know, couple of decades, how more about how the immune system works and the role of the lymph system in the immune response equation for the human being. And we know that the lymph system only works when we move physically. There is no pump. You're the pump. <laughs> right? So if you want to keep the lymph fluid clean, you have to move the body. Now, in order to get a bit of a feeling for the seven deadly spirals, what I'd like you to do is, and you can do this, you can do this uh, part of the demonstration either standing or sitting. It doesn't really matter. Standing is a little better. And go very slowly if you have pre-existing back or neck problems, because this one is all about your spine. So what I'd like you to do is simply standing straight or, or sitting up straight, Again, use your mental attention and focus your mental attention on your spinal column. Really lock, lock in the perception of your spinal column. You can even move your mental attention up and down your spinal column. And as you do that, what I'd like you to do is very slowly and keeping your hips facing forward, just rotate your spine to the right and then to the left, all the time focusing on the vertebrae, all the time 
being aware mentally of what the vertebrae are doing, and you can even bend forward slightly from the middle of your torso and bend back or twist all around in any way you feel appropriate. You can take the spine through any movement you wish, and as you do that, what you're going to feel is you're going to feel different vertebrae will pull apart or come together. They'll either open or close, in other words, to use Chinese medical terminology. And so as this happens, you realize that the, the your spinal column is an amazing pole of universal joints. It's an absolutely fabulous tool. And, of course, you find out how valuable it is in your life the moment you have, have a back problem. <laughs> That's when you realize what you're dealing with. And when you talk about the spinal cord, what's interesting is that there are three key reasons why you want to keep your spinal cord, your spinal column in amazing condition. Why do you want to do this? Well, first of all, with, with the spine, there's the circulation of spinal fluid which moves up the spinal column. And if, your, if the health of your spinal column is impeded, then the circulation of spinal fluid is Im impeded and you can suffer a loss of mental acuity and even a loss of, of overall health because it's that important to your, your overall psychophysical health. And more than that, what happens too, of course, is the spinal column houses a key component of your central nervous system, which is your spinal cord, these nerve fibers. And the nerve fibers, there are nerve fibers directly coming directly from your spinal column to all your major organs. And these nerve fibers are part of your body's information highway. Your body is a huge information highway and has many types of highways. The nerves are one of them. The uh, energy system has, is a totally different network of highways. And there's even more than that going on that we can't, can't get into right this minute. So there's a huge amount of information being communicated between the, cell, between the cells of your body, between those, you know, among those seven trillion cells, roughly, all the time. And do you want to interrupt that energy flow, that flow of information? Because if you interrupt the information flow, of course, nothing works the way it's supposed to, and you experience a de deterioration of your health. And then finally, the third reason for keeping your spinal column in excellent repair is that there is an energy conduit that runs up your spinal column directly over the top of your head, down to the roof of your mouth where it connects with another energy, energetic pathway that goes down, straight down the front of your body. And the one coming up your, up your spinal column is called the governing vessel in Chinese medicine. Then it connects to what's called the conception vessel. It comes down the front. They form a circuit. They form a circle, actually, around your body. And, of course, if your spinal column is not kept in good shape, the energy transmission through that circuit will be interrupted, or it won't flow as well. And that circuit is a key to longevity, as it happens. Very important in the Dallas longevity tradition. And what is it, you know, what is it about, well, we'll talk about the Dallas longevity tradition in a minute, but the important thing is here are three reasons to keep your spine in excellent repair. If you don't take your spinal column through its complete range of motion on a regular basis, 
you will not keep it in good repair. And I'll repeat that. You have to take it through its complete range of motion on a regular basis. If you do not do that, your spinal column will not be kept in good repair. The muscles around it will not be used enough, will not be used properly. You lose range of motion. Eventually, you definitely risk suffering some adversity to your spinal column, which will impinge on that energy transmission, the flow of spinal fluid, and the nerve function, all of that. So what do you end up with when that happens? Increased vulnerability to disease from a weakened immune system. Again, increased vulnerability to disease from a weakened immune system. And welcome to the first deadly spiral of disease, that's your spine. And just before we go on and talk more about the other deadly spirals, let's talk a little bit about the Taoist longevity tradition. Because as I said, it's the oldest scientific tradition on the planet. That's a matter of historical record. It's the oldest unbroken tradition of scientific research because it goes back a long way. How long? Well, if you were to go into a bookstore, go into any bookstore to the self-help section and pick any book off the shelf, and leave through it and ask yourself this question. How many years of research have gone into the conclusions of this book? And let's be very, very generous and say you managed to find a book that has 50 years of research behind it, five decades. Okay. The Taoist longevity tradition has been researching human health and longevity uninterrupted for 500 decades, 5,000 years of research. Do you think they've learned some things? Hmm. Well, by way of historical record, it's pretty obvious they have because they, and pretty much only they, as far as I can tell, have managed to develop a system that reliably navigates people well past their 100th birthdays in great health. That's what they figured out. They figured out how to do this. They hacked, hacked human life, so to speak, to figure out what makes it tick and how we can live to our, if you will, our natural lifespan because they regard the natural lifespan as being more like 120 to 150 years. To them, that's normal. Isn't the human, not, the human body is designed to live that long, right? Yes, and of course, that's what, what uh, much of the latest science is telling us too. The human body is designed to live to well over 100. Why isn't it? And we're, you know, everybody's in a quandary. What are we doing wrong? Well, what we're doing wrong is very simple, Gene. What we're doing is we're using the mind-body organism in a way that does not coincide with its design parameters. It's much, it's much like a car. Your car runs well when you put in gasoline. It runs a whole lot less well if you put in tomato juice. So it's really all about how we use our mind-body organism, and that's what we're talking about here tonight. And if we use it properly, we will easily not be bothered by the seven deadly spirals of disease. So let's go on to the next deadly spiral, because this one is a lot of fun. And this one concerns your breathing, strangely enough. And you may think, well, everybody knows how to breathe. We all do it all the time. Well, yeah, but we don't do it well, and we don't do it properly, and this is the catch. So for this demonstration, you can either stand or sit. doesn't really matter. If you're sitting, um, try to sit up straight, maybe on the edge of your chair. Otherwise, you can stand. And we're going to do a couple of different types of breathing. 
And for the sake of, of ease, what we'll do for all of the breathing exercises, we'll inhale through the nose and, and exhale through the nose as well, just to make it easy. So inhale and exhale through the nose. And the first, for the first breathing demonstration, what I'd like you to do is we're going to inhale twice, inhale and exhale twice, so we'll take two breaths. And what I would like you to do is when you inhale, I'd like you to expand your chest and raise your shoulders. Okay, take a nice deep breath, expand your chest and raise your shoulders. Again, only do this if, you, uh, if your health permits. Okay, you know your health, you're responsible, you can decide whether you want to do this. So, again, expand your chest and raise your shoulders when you inhale and do the opposite when you exhale. So we'll take two breaths like that. Ready? Okay, inhale, expand your chest and raise your shoulders, and exhale. And inhale, expanding your chest and raising your shoulders, nice deep breath, and exhale. How did that feel, Jean? It felt really energizing. You know, it's amazing how just breathing deeply and properly can make a huge difference. And it's something that we don't think about very often, and there isn't usually a lot of importance placed on it. But that just demonstrated to me how much better I felt right away. And it's true. A lot of people will say that feels really good. And it does feel really good to take in a huge, you know, a nice deep breath. It feels very refreshing. Now, the only catch here, and I apologize for tricking you, in public especially, <laughs> is that what, what we've done there is an exaggerated version of what we call chest breathing, which is the way all, all adults, in fact, everyone past infancy in our culture, breathes. This is how we breathe as a culture. It is not the way all cultures breathe or have historically, but it's the way we do in, in the entire Western world. Very interesting. And what's wrong with chest breathing? Well, breathing high in the chest is associated with some negative emotional and physical consequences. We'll talk about those in just a minute, but before we do, let's go on and learn a different type of breathing. And for this type of breathing, what I'd like you to do is take the thumb of one hand, take the thumb of one hand, and simply place it on your navel so that the palm of that hand is resting comfortably on your lower abdomen below your navel. So thumb on the navel, the rest of the hand below the navel, and this time, when you inhale, your chest and shoulders will hardly move at all. But what will happen is that when you inhale, your abdomen will push out, and it will push your hand forward. And when you exhale, of course, your abdomen will pull in and bring your hand with it. So we're going to do two breaths like that. Ready? So inhale, your abdomen pushes out, and exhale. Your abdomen pulls back in, and again, your shoulders and chest hardly move. Next breath, inhale. Your abdomen pushes out, pushes that hand out, and then exhale. Your hand comes back in. And that is what we call normal abdominal breathing, which, according to the Dallas longevity tradition, is the way the human mind-body organism is meant to breathe. So, Gene, how did that feel to you? It felt great. I was wondering when you mentioned breathing in through the chest, why you didn't mention breathing to the abdomen, because I knew that that is really yeah. the, the deep breathing we're supposed to do. But um, but yet, I still felt good from taking that deep breath, but even better from the breath to the abdomen. And the breathing to the abdomen, it, it can feel different to different people. Uh, 
some people find this very, very strange or very awkward or very odd because they haven't done it before. And usually the only people who've been exposed to it are people who have done, uh, either they've done yoga or qigong or uh, tai chi or Chinese martial arts or any, any Asian martial art actually, uh, and, or, they, or they've taken singing lessons because singers can, can breathe properly too. But unless they've had any of those experiences, it can feel quite awkward. So what I'll show you right now is a slightly different way to do that same abdominal breathing, which may feel a little bit even easier for people. And that is if you put your, your thumb back on your navel there, and we're going to do two breaths again. This time, I'd like you to visualize that you have a, an inner tube, the inner tube of a tire, all the way around your waist. And that when you inhale, you're going to expand that inner tube all the way around your torso, all the way around your waist, not just pushing out to the front. So here, we'll try that. Okay, so inhale, expand all the way around, so your hand is pushed out, but so is everything else. And exhale. And then inhale, expanding that inner tube all the way around. You should feel it pushing out at your back and your sides as well. And then exhale. Any difference there, Jean, for you? That that was even deeper. And that visual is great. It brings you right right to the process, and, and it, it helps. It really does. I felt it more that time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that. It's, uh, and there are different ways of, of, you know, doing abdominal breathing, normal abdominal breathing, and you can focus on any of those different ways as you do it, and it doesn't really matter which one. Because it's all, it's all very good, and we'll, we'll, I'll explain why. Because, you know, let's look at it from a psychological point of view, first of all. From a psychological point of view, chest, chest breathing, the improper way to breathe that we all use, is associated with negative emotional states. So if you see somebody who's in deep in the throes of a very strong negative emotion, it could be fear and anxiety, or it could be rage and anger, it could be jealousy, it could be, you know, name, name any negative emotional state. If you find someone in that state, you'll notice that the more worked up they get, the higher their breathing gets in the chest, the more shallow their breathing becomes. However, if you find a person in that state and you get them to breathe deep into the abdomen, that negative emotional energy will be dissipated. It'll lessen. It'll start to go away. And they'll be progressively freed from the grip of that emotion. And ancient cultures have known this for millennia. They've always known that if you breathe improperly, if you breathe into the chest, you're going to cause, bring on to yourself a lot of this negative emotional stuff simply because you're more vulnerable to it. And it's very important for us to know that because we habitually breathe into the chest and because we are a very cerebral culture. We have been taught to identify ourselves, our personal identity with our brain, our thoughts, and our emotions. And by breathing into the abdomen, not only do we dissipate negative emotional states, but we also progressively realize that we are not our brain, we are not our thoughts, and we are not our emotions. We are much more than that. You have a brain, you have thoughts, and you have emotions. And all of that's fine, but that isn't who you are. And that's why every meditative system, pretty much, in the ancient world uses abdominal breathing to ground you and center you and return you to your natural state as a human person so you understand who you are. So if you're looking for self-knowledge, you have to learn to breathe abdominally. And it will protect you from negative emotional states 
and enable you progressively as you learn to do this over time, you'll be able to enter into deep calm anywhere, anytime on demand. That is an amazing tool to have. Now, we're going to be talking about your program where you teach people how to do this. But in general, what would you advise people as to how they could start breathing this way since we're so used to, to breathing through the chest? Well, what, what Should they do this exercise throughout the day? What I would say is, of course, the ideal is to make uh, change your default breathing setting from chest breathing to abdominal breathing. Now, that won't happen overnight, and it doesn't really need to. But what you can do is if you can spend even, you know, even 10 minutes a day just sitting quietly and doing abdominal breathing, that's fantastic. Or do it at your, when you're sitting at your computer at work. Consciously do a little bit of abdominal breathing. And when you do it, when you do the abdominal breathing then, you want it to be very, very easy. It should never be forced. You should never feel short of breath. You should never be, uh, you know, never feel any tension. It has to, it should be relaxing you deeply both physically and, and emotionally but especially physically. And we'll get to the physical part in a second. Uh, so that's the easy way to start. Just by practicing it now and then, you'll learn how to switch over. It'll be very easy. There's no reason to you know, push and, push and strain and do anything. Just begin to get familiar with the process. And that's the really easy way. And in a way, I'm glad you mentioned that, Gene, too, because that's one of the greatest takeaways you could possibly have from what we're talking about tonight. Because that little incredibly ridiculously simple tip can have incredible ramifications in your life. It can do amazing things for your health. There are so many teachings that, that are based in proper breathing. And oh, yeah. uh, a lot of people overlook the importance of that. But what you just told us can switch your situation from being emotionally upset to calming down right away. That's incredible. So and there's also a physical side to... to the breathing equation too. Now, if you go back to chest breathing for a minute, and you know, find your find your rib cage. You know, use use your fingers and find the lower edge of your ribs, and then ask yourself: If I do chest breathing, is there any movement going on below my ribs? So, in the bottom, you know, half to two thirds of your torso, is anything going on? Any movement because of that breathing? And the answer, of course, is no. There's almost none. So what's happening when you're chest breathing is that there is no movement, no no uh, no massaging going on of your your uh, middle and lower digestive tract and of all those organs. But if you breathe abdominally, and whenever you breathe abdominally, and this is the key, there's a huge amount of movement going on inside your torso. What's happening? It's all of those organs in there are being massaged by that breathing movement in the abdomen, because the abdomen is moving. It's massaging all of all of those organs, which means you're on the right side. You have your, you know, the, the liver, the gallbladder, and then across you have the, the spleen, the, the pancreas, then the stomach and the spleen, and below that the large intestines, the small intestines. Absolutely key. So all of this is being massaged, and as that massage happens, more and more blood, oxygen, and energy. Remember those blood, oxygen, energy is being delivered to your major organ. So as that, in other words, you're creating health and you're automatically detoxifying yourself moment by moment as you go through your day if you're breathing abdominally. What could be better than a continual detoxification on the inside? 
a continual toning of, of your major organs. So it's tremendously powerful to be able to do that, but there's even something just as amazing about it, which is that with this breathing mechanism in the abdomen, it takes the burden off the heart. The heart does not have to function, as, does not have to work as hard because that massaging movement is, in, is itself circulating the blood, helping to circulate the blood, so it becomes a second pump for the circulatory system, as well as being deeply relaxing on, a, on an emotional and psychological and ultimately spiritual level. So there are huge advantages to precisely to this abdominal breathing. It's really fantastic. Now, if we go back to the finger demonstration, remember that when we did the finger demonstration at the beginning, you, in that demonstration, you used your consciousness to alter your physiology, right? Right. Now, in this demonstration, with the breathing, remember we said if you move from chest breathing to abdominal breathing, you can change your emotional state. What you're doing there is quite is exactly the opposite. You're using your physiology to change your consciousness. So ultimately, your physiology and your consciousness are linked. The human mind-body organism is one thing. And you can work on yourself both using your consciousness and using your physiology. At the same time, it's an incredibly powerful way to work at creating health, longevity, and, and personal growth. Amazing that they're so simple and easy, and the power of what they are doing is incredible. So that's a great, great thing to know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, the breathing is, is one of the seven deadly spirals. So if you don't take care of your breathing, what do you get? If, you, if you're chronically into chest breathing and continue like that, again, increased vulnerability to disease from a weakened immune system. That's the result. And again, much much as with the spine, you know, if you don't take it through its total range of motion on a regular basis, you get stagnation and illness setting in. It's the same with this because your inner organs are actually stagnating as you chest breathe. So that's another, another of the deadly spirals. Now, the one that is most related to that is your posture. And this one is a lot of fun. And this, you, you, could, you can do this one sitting down. It's much better to do it standing up if you can. And again, be careful if you have any pre-existing back or neck issues. Posture is very, very important. And Gene, in our culture, what's, what is ideal, ideal posture, basically? Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> I know it's standing up straight, but you do see that curvature happen to a lot of people as they age. Yep. So... You know. standing up straight. You're, you're exactly on the right track. In fact, it's, it's really standing at attention or the typical military posture. And so how do we get into that posture? Well, let, let's go through it, and we'll, we'll put ourselves into the military posture, the standing at attention. And then we'll go from there to the true human posture, the way your body is designed to stand. Two different things. So if you put your feet together and... To get into military posture, your arms are at your sides, your feet are together. Your chest is out, so you thrust your chest out, which means your shoulder blades go together. You pull your stomach in. You stick your buttocks out backward pretty much as far as it can go. And that is standing at attention. That is perfect military posture. Now, how does that feel? It feels great, especially with the both feet flat on the ground. That's really the key, isn't it? Well, the problem is most people report it feels like a straitjacket. Mm. 
it's a very tight posture because you've got your chest out, your belly is pulled back in, your buttocks is sticking back backward basically, and your shoulder blades are pushed together. Now, most people who are listening to this, I know you're experiencing it as a straitjacket, and I apologize, please stay there for a minute. We'll navigate you out of it piece by piece. So in order to get out of this and get into true human posture, I'm going to have you, first of all, make a minor adjustment, and that is just move your feet to about shoulder width apart. Otherwise, maintain the military posture. And when you've done that, let's start getting you out of this, this horrendous posture that is the source of so many back problems, it's unbelievable. In order to get out of it, first of all, allow your shoulders to fall forward. Just let them drop. This will allow your chest to come back in and your uh, shoulder blades to res resume their normal position on your back. Now, the next adjustment is very hard for women in our culture especially. It's hard for anybody, but it's, it's even harder for women. And that is let your belly relax. Totally relax your belly. Let it fall forward. Now, remember, this is a teleseminar. I can't see you. Nobody can see you. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, it's not a contest, just let it go. And as you do that, you're going to feel actually a whole lot better. Now, the next adjustment is also very, very important, and that is your pelvis, because your, your pelvis, your, big, you know, your pelvic bone, the largest bone structure in your body, is now locked in a backward position from being at attention. And in order to get out of it, what you want to do, there are two mental images you can use. One is just to unlock it and let it drop, or if that doesn't work, if you have trouble with that, simply, since it's rotated backward as far as it can go, try rotating your pelvis forward as far as it can go, and then go into about a middle position. And what that will do is it will rescue your back from many future back problems and clean up the ones you have if you have lower back issues. It will also force your tailbone to tuck under, so it's basically straightening your spine at the bottom. And also, if you're into any type of sports or athletics, this will increase your balance by about 300%. It's incredible for balance what this does. You cannot have really good balance with your pelvis locked in a backward position. So from there, what we're going to do is one more adjustment, and that's to do with your head. Imagine the very top of your head is attached to the heavens by a beautiful golden thread and that you're hanging very comfortably from this beautiful golden thread. Okay, so just imagine that you're hanging very comfortably. And as you assimilate that image, what will happen is your finally, maybe for the first time in an awfully long time, your neck muscles, the back of your neck will relax and your shoulders will relax. Your chin might tuck in a little bit or seem to. And right now, if you followed all those adjustments, no matter how awkward it may seem to you, this is true human posture. It is extremely relaxed on top. So what happens is the torso, the top of your body, relaxes totally. So the muscles are extremely relaxed and tension drains out of the upper body and flows down into the legs. The legs become very, very solid in a very good way. So you feel very solid, very grounded but very light on top. And this is the opposite of our, our idea in the West of, of perfect posture because in our idea, where we're, which we've just experienced, where we're pushing up from the ground and our chest is, is really sticking out basically and we're 
shoulders or back and all that sort of thing. What we're doing is we're pushing energy up into the upper energy centers of the body, into the, <clears throat> the area of the heart and the head, upper chest and head. And that increases, in fact, our anxiety and our emotional problems. When we let energy drop, which is what the true posture does, we become much more grounded and much more calm. And you'll notice something, too, about being in that attention posture. Can you actually do abdominal breathing in that posture? It's nearly impossible. In order to, in other words, chest breathing and our idea of, of perfect posture in the West, that standing attention, go together, but they have a combined effect that is physically and psychologically harmful. So again, if we're not standing and therefore moving properly, we're increasing our vulnerability to disease from a weakened immune system. So your posture is another of the seven deadly spirals. So the uh, grounding is so important. So standing in that posture consciously throughout the day will help people to be grounded because it's such a problem now with so much technology and disconnection from nature. This sounds like it could really help people to feel connected and grounded. Well, it does. Yeah, it absolutely does, Gene. And it helps relieve a lot of a lot of tension, which people perceive to be emotional. But that emotional tension that people feel in their torsos, that they lock into the muscles around the solar plexus area in the upper chest and sometimes the back and into the shoulders and neck, a lot of that is really physiological. And by getting into the proper posture, oh, this is this will allow that tension to drain and, and head downward, which is where it should go. Too much energy trapped up too high is part of the problem. And it's, it's, uh, it actually causes the body to degenerate faster. So, again, that's another of the seven deadly spirals. The remaining seven deadly, the remaining spirals will go through very, very quickly. Just so you can get a, a, a hang of them, hang for them, because those are uh, really the main ones are the ones we've talked about, but there are more, and I'd like you to be very aware of them. Another of the seven deadly spirals is your muscles, tendons, and ligaments. Muscles, tendons, and ligaments. You can get a feel for this if you, if you uh, hold one arm out facing directly forward, parallel to the floor, so hold your arm out directly in front of you with your palm facing outward and your fingers pointing up, so as if you're saying to somebody, stop. And you may feel a lot of tension in your wrist and forearm when you do that, and that's normal, because what you're feeling there is, a te is the tension of your tendons. Your tendons are an entire network of connective tissue. Tendons connect muscle to bone, ligaments connect bone to bone, and tendons and ligaments are networks that stretch throughout your entire body. And we, we focus in the West entirely on muscle, but the fact is, it's tremendously important to take your muscles, tendons, and ligaments, all of them, through their complete range of motion on a regular basis. And why is that? Well, of course, you know, just think about it. Even, even stretch, your, stretch your arm out now. It's just twist it around a little bit. And as you take your arm muscles through their range of motion, what you're really doing is a whole bunch of amazing things, on the, even on the physiological level, because as you stretch the muscles, you're also toning the nerve fibers that run through them. You're toning the blood vessels that run through them, so you're improving overall circulation as well as the circulation to those fibers. So you're increasing the flow of blood, oxygen, and energy to them. And as you do it as well, 
you're improving, vastly improving the circulation of energy, part of which is flowing through the nerve fibers, part of which flows through the blood. And we'll get to the, the actual energy channels in, in a minute. But So what you're doing whenever you do this, you're toning your entire system from the inside out again, which is tremendously important. And those the, mo the movements you use to do this can actually be slow and rhythmic. They don't have to be hard. You don't have to beat up a punching bag. Uh, you don't have to do weight training and all that in order to make this happen, although even those external forms of exercise we're used to in the West do help. So that's very important. So you have muscles, tendons, and ligaments. And of course, if you don't protect your muscles, tendons, and ligaments, you end up with decreasing mobility. And as you are decreasingly, as you lose mobility, you're losing energy at the same time. And as you lose energy, you feel less and less like moving, like taking your body through its range of motion. You know, look at little kids. They have tons of energy. They can't help but take their bodies through this total range of motion. You just look at the energy they have and you say, I wish I could bottle that and sell it. Right. <laughs> but, you know, we don't have that necessarily as adults, but we have to maintain it or consciously. And if we lose the, mobi the mobility, if we lose the energy so we're, we no longer want to be mobile, what happens as we become more sedentary in our lifestyle our systems become more acidic and more toxic. And again, what do you end up with? Increased vulnerability to disease from a weakened immune system. And likewise, if you don't protect the muscles, tendons, and ligaments, you can't possibly protect your joints because that's what they're there for. So you will experience injuries to your joints more readily. And part of your body's energy flow goes through the joints, so that's another deadly spiral. But in addition to the muscles, tendons, and ligaments, in addition to the joints, there's another one, which is, you know, if you look at your outstretched arm, if you, you know, if you, if you have a bare forearm and you can look at it, depending on, of course, on your, um, your body mass index, depending on the color of your skin and everything else, you, you'll see all kinds, you may see all kinds of structures just below the level of the skin, especially if you look close to the wrist, you'll see tendons, you'll see blood vessels, you can see the shape of muscles and all that. And, but between the skin and the muscles, between the skin and anything you're seeing, is another layer of tissue called the fascia, or fasciae, plural. And fascia is a, it's, it's sort of stringy, white, uh, very thin, very tough tissue, uh, and kind of slippery. It's, it's basically, it wraps all your muscles and wraps all your organs on the inside of your body. It's basically your body's saran wrap and you're totally, on the inside, you're totally wrapped up in fascia. And fascia is tremendously important because as you take your muscles, tendons, and ligaments through the range of motion, you're also taking your fascia through the range of motion, through its range of motion. And fascia is important because the body's, some of the body's primary energy channels, which in Chinese medicine are known as the 12 acupuncture meridians, flow dominantly through the fascial air. So again, your body's information highway, part of it is flowing through the fascia layer. So you need to keep the fascia in excellent repair. And what happens if you don't? Well, a, part of it, part of what you can experience if you don't is detriment to your posture. So often if you see people who have obvious serious postural problems, it's a fascia problem. And what has happened is something that easily happens as we age if we don't, if we're not careful, and that is the fascia can begin to fill with fat cells. And I'm not talking about being overweight, nothing like that. It can fill with fat cells. 
And when it fills with fat cells, it has a tendency to tear or lose its integrity. And as that happens, it's very difficult for you. It can be very difficult because the fascia guarantees your posture. And it's also very important to your body's energy flow. So the more you can take your body through its complete range of motion on a regular basis, the more you're taking care of your fascia and the more it will take care of you. And so you want to take it through its complete range of motion and also learn how to bring energy directly into your fascia from the outside environment. And that's a whole other thing we'll talk about in a minute. So the fascia is another of those seven deadly spirals. We do have a question, a couple of questions, that if you already feel a bit of loss in the muscles and tendons, can you recover them and what is the success rate? Oh, you definitely can. Uh, with muscles and tendons and ligaments, it's simply a matter of using them in, in almost every case. It's simply a matter of using them because that, that, uh, the strength, the flexibility and all that will come back over time. Right. Can it, so it could take a matter of time, but then it'll be back to where it was before the loss occurred. Or even better, yeah. possibly. And sometimes better, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that answers that question as far as muscles and tendons. And then you were going on to the next deadly spiral. The last deadly spiral is, and I won't spend much time on it, although it's rather important, it's your bone marrow. Believe it or not, because your bone marrow is very much alive. It provides your red blood cells and your white blood cells. Your red blood cells bring oxygen to all of the cells of your body, and your white blood cells are very important to your immune system. And the problem with the bone marrow is that very much like the fascia, as we age, if we're not careful, they can, it can fill with fat cells, which impedes the quality and quantity of blood cell production. You don't want that. You want to keep it very healthy. And Qigong is the method that the Chinese have discovered that does this. It actually cleans up the bone marrow. Specific types of movement and breathing clean up the bone marrow and keep it that way. That's why in, in Tai Chi, for instance, there's a saying that your body becomes solid steel wrapped in cotton through practice. The cotton is the very soft muscle because you're very soft when you're doing Tai Chi. And the solid steel is the bone structure, which gets incredibly healthy because it's clean from the inside out. This makes your bones much more resistant to breakage. They, they become ba- basically young. And that's why one, one great Qigong master has referred to... Uh, the ways to take care of bone marrow as the fountain of youth. So again, you know, we, we in the West, we, don't, we never think of our bone marrow or we think we can't affect it because that's from our sort of Newtonian worldview that we believe we can't affect it. But we know, and you know now, because you've done it, that your consciousness can affect your physiology. It's simply matter, a matter of learning how to do it. And those are, that's it for the seven deadly spirals, Gene. So the seven deadly spirals, as you can see, are... Really, it's one big spiral, and we fall into it very readily, especially after the age of of 50, unless we take proactive measures. What you're telling us is not really known by most people, that our consciousness affects our body. So many people think they're powerless, they can't affect it, they need drugs or surgery, or, you know, there's nothing, even, even as far as supplements or in the alternative range that can help them. And it's so powerful what you're saying. We consciously w- uh, can affect our own our own bodies. Oh yeah, absolutely. We absolutely can. There is no question about it. And something interesting about the seven deadly spirals. You notice this: that 
even if you have the best diet in the world, the best nutrition, the best supplements, you can still fall into the seven deadly spirals of disease. And that wonderful diet and wonderful supplements may delay the symptoms somewhat, but not totally, because we're talking about a fundamentally different dynamic. Yes, nutrition and what you feed your body is critically important, but there is this other dimension you very much have to consider if you want optimal health. And, you know, so often we have people, especially people marketing to us, who say, you know, here's the silver bullet of health. This is the one thing you have to do. And no matter how passionately they believe in what they're saying, the fact is, if there is no one thing you have to do if you want really good health, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, there are a number of things you need to do and consider. Because we, as human beings, live on several planes of existence at once. We live on a physical plane, we have an emotional plane, we have a spiritual plane, we, we're, we're multifunctional, sort of, and we need to consider all of these different layers of ourselves and really treat ourselves holistically. Lots of people talk about doing things holistically, but very few people do. Right. It's very important. We have uh, several people asking, what is the difference between Qigong and Tai Chi on the Q&A box? So can you uh, outline for us how uh, they're different? A wonderful question, because many people know Tai Chi, uh, and so I, I'm happy to clarify that. By the way, I've practiced both Tai Chi and Qigong for over 30 years. So I can tell you, Tai Chi is, in fact, a martial art. It is, despite the very soft movements, it was considered, has been traditionally considered one of the most dangerous martial arts in China. And if you want to challenge a Tai Chi master, you were thought of as mad, as if you had a wish for the afterlife. So... What you see, when you see people practicing Tai Chi, which means they're usually you see them doing very slow, rhythmic movements, like kind of like a dance. And the thing is, all of those movements have a martial arts function, okay? So they're not actually optimized for health. They are optimized for combat, even though 90% or more of the people practicing Tai Chi worldwide, including in China, are practicing it for health. In other words, what they're really doing is they're using Tai Chi as if it were a form of Qigong, as if it were an energy exercise. And Qigong means energy skill, energy work or energy skill. So when we talk about Qigong, we're talking about especially, well, there are, there are Qigongs for various purposes. Uh, we'll talk about those in a minute, but Qigong is devised, especially the Qigong we're talking about tonight, to produce health directly, whereas Tai Chi, if you will, produces it somewhat indirectly. Right. So I hope that, that makes sense. Hmm. That does clarify it. And obviously you've used both and you found Qigong to be extremely powerful in your life. And you've generously offered to uh, offer your special program at a discount for the Wisdom Show listeners today. And I would love it if you could explain for us what they will get in your rock-solid validity program. They can go to thewisdomshow.com. And look under special offers. You will find the package there also on the page that you are looking at. If you are listening on the Internet, it's there as well. So for these processes that you took us through, um, obviously it would be much easier to have your program and visually see how it's done. So, Simeon, what will people gain by getting the program and how long would it take them to start to incorporate it into their lives? Okay, very good questions. Well, if you look at the page, it's a very good page, by the way, to bookmark because it actually summarizes what I've talked about tonight. So if you want to go back to any of the information, it's good to bookmark it, and it'll, it'll, talk, it'll, it'll tell you all about the seven deadly spirals and exactly how each one of them works. And beyond that, the, the, the whole purpose of this was to provide 
in the in the what this program, which we call the Rock Solid Health Qigong program, Rock Solid Health Qigong has a curious history because about five years ago I was putting together a full-scale personal development program and for and sort of beta testing it, and I promised the people in the program some qigong. And I was busy looking around. I looked through lots of DVDs and stuff, hoping to find some good qigong, and I really couldn't. I found that there was nobody who was... I couldn't at, the, at that time find people teaching on DVDs the, the, whole, the whole story, if you will, because with each qigong system, whatever that system is, you need to have certain things. It's not enough to show people physical movements. The pe- people need to know as well the breathing pattern, the mental intention, and sometimes the energy anatomy of the human body that they're not familiar with in order to make a specific qigong system work. And once you know that, it's very easy to make them work. It's not, it's not rocket science, but it's important to have all that information. Otherwise, you're just moving your, you're just moving your arms a lot. And that's, you know, might be an interesting exercise, but it's certainly not Qigong. So it's important to have all of the, all of the keys. And so because I couldn't find this, I just, I finally gave up in frustration and said, okay, I've got to do my own. So what I did was I chose the five most powerful Qigong systems from a health point of view. These are very well-known systems that, that pretty much anybody with experience in the Qigong world or in, in uh, Chinese martial arts will probably know or have heard of. And I, what I do is I demonstrate each one of these five systems for you. I demonstrate it visually. It's, it's all video. There is, a, there is as well, there are written instructions too. But I demonstrate it on video, and then I teach it piece by piece, and I teach it with all the parts. So you learn not only the movement, but also the breathing, the mental intention, and the energy anatomy, if that's necessary, for the particular system. And then I do it one more time so you can follow along and do it with me. And these systems, just briefly, are the first one's called the self-massage set. It's the easiest to learn, and as a matter of fact, once you learn it, it takes you about five minutes to do. My students love it because they call it the self-massage wake-up set. So if you get up early in the morning and you're groggy, you do this for five minutes, you'll be wide awake because it massages all of the body's main energy channels. It's a total energy tune-up for the body. The second qigong is called muscle tendon changing. Muscle tendon changing goes back to the famous Shaolin Temple about 1,500 years ago. And it was devised by, uh, by the Indian monk Bodhidharma who had come to the Shaolin Temple and found the monks were uh, fat and lazy and falling asleep when they tried to meditate. So he decided to whip them into shape and taught them muscle tendon changing. And muscle tendon changing is kind of the warrior's original get tough qigong. It's kind of like physical fitness from the inside out. And the neat thing about it is that people of any age can do muscle tendon changing. It is possibly the most popular qigong in the world, at least the, the, the method that we use here is. And it, it, as I said, you can be any age and use this. I can show you how to do, if you're 80 years old and frail, you can do muscle tendon changing and have enormous gains in your feeling of vitality and your level of energy and your overall health and in your flexibility. You'll, you'll gain all of that no matter what age you're at. However, if you're, a, if you're a young 25-year-old triathlete, I can show you how to do muscle tendon changing as a killer workout that will have you begging for mercy. So it's very pliable that way. It fits anybody. The third one is 
called bone marrow cleansing, and it's usually a twin of, of muscle tendon changing. The bone marrow is kind of the second part. This is a much more meditative system. It uses visualization and breath work in order to clean out your bone marrow and keep your bone marrow healthy. So keep you healthy from the inside out, and that's that fountain of youth we talked about. The fourth one is called Iron Shirt. Iron Shirt is a curious title, but it goes back to a Qigong that was devised to protect warriors on the battlefield. And if you want to see Iron Shirt in action, you can actually uh, go to go to Google or whatever and, and type in Shaolin, S-H-A-O-L-I-N, and National Geographic, because National Geographic did a wonderful a documentary on the Shaolin monks a few years back, and you'll see you'll see the Shaolin monks getting they're getting punched and kicked and hit with you know fists and and feet and boards and bricks and whatever, and nothing's happening to them. They're absolutely fine, and that's what muscle that's what Iron Shirt was designed to do is to protect people on the battlefield. So originally it was a martial arts qigong, and I can tell you as a martial artist it works 100% as advertised. It's wonderful. However, the neat thing is that it was eventually discovered it has absolutely enormous health benefits. Enormous. Because it allows you to bring energy directly into the fascia layer of the body to keep the fascia healthy and to build up the body's natural energy barrier so it becomes much more resistant to disease. This, hu- this hugely builds up your immune system and has also the effect of reinflating you from the inside out so your body resume it it gets back its normal internal pressure which is very important because you know you'll often see really if you see uh, old people hunched over as if the the weight of the world is on them um, that's often the case it is because there's 14.7 pounds per square inch roughly of pressure on us from the atmosphere and normally we don't feel it because we're we're built to resist it if we lose that internal resistance we become kind of like, a, if you remember a, a, a scientific experiment you may have done in high school, a pop can where you empty the pop can, turn it upside down, create a vacuum in it, and what happens? The atmosphere crushes it before your eyes. And that's what is happening to, to us. We're being pushed down slowly over the years as we age unless we take proactive measures, and that's what Iron Shirt does. And the final one is energy circulation Qigong, which just teaches you how to circulate energy. Again, this one is more meditative, and it teaches you how to circulate it through the up the back, up the governing vessel that runs up your back and down the conception vessel that goes down the front of your body in a circuit. Very important to the the Taoist longevity tradition. And those are the five Qigongs, and they're incredibly powerful. And the neat thing is, and this was your question, Gene, how long is it going to take me to do that? Well, of course, there is a learning curve, and there's, there's, no, there's also no need, first of all, to learn them all at the same time. You don't have to. You can learn one, spend a while with it, and go on to the next one. Use, the, use whichever ones you like and use them as often as you wish. But how long does it take to do this? How long do you have to, how much time every day do you have to set aside to practice Qigong? The answer is very simple. None. Yes, you heard that right, none, because if you force yourself to set aside a certain amount of time per day, say it's half an hour or an hour or whatever, you're not going to continue with that for very long because life is going to take over. So you've been busy setting up a practice, much like going to the gym. You set up a practice and you hope to stick to it, but we all know that you're going to fall off the wagon sooner or later. 
Instead of doing that, what we highly recommend is that you put it in little bits of Qigong into those parts of your day where nothing else is happening anyway. For instance, say you're typing away at your computer at work and you feel a bit stiff. You can stand up or even stay sitting, depending on what it is, and simply do one or two of the exercises from muscle tendon changing. The muscle tendon changing has eight different exercises, so pick one, do one for 30 seconds, and you'll feel totally rejuvenated. Other things, like the, like the um, energy circulation qigong, you can do that standing at the bus stop. No one will know. It's entirely internal. Or the, uh, the self-massage set, you can do that. So your day is full of these little, little moments when there's really nothing else to do, and you can easily make yourself feel a whole lot better just by doing little bits of qigong. You can do some of the breathing for some of the breathing exercises for iron shirt while you're sitting at your computer. Absolutely fine. You're going to feel totally different. And that's the beauty of the system, that it doesn't take time. That is great. If we can incorporate this into our lives um, here and there, that that's incredible. And to first get the program and watch you and then become familiar enough to do this on our own whenever we have a few minutes, that is something that just about everyone could succeed at because we all have that those little bits of time throughout the day that we could use for this. So that's a great idea. Oh, yeah. It really is. It's a wonderful thing. And you'll notice with, with this page, Gene, that what we've done is the normal price of $297, we have dropped down to just 97 for the Rock Solid Health Qigong. And that if you decide to order that, if you decide to order the Rock Solid Health Qigong, it will take you to another page. And that other page talks about a full-scale personal development program, the one I mentioned earlier, called the Warriorship Black Belt Program. And the Warriorship Black Belt Program gives you, in, includes, in fact, the Rock Solid Health Qigong in it. It includes another Qigong program called Hara, or Rock Solid Tranquility. And it also includes a whole bunch of very valuable information and you know, basically 26 units on all the things the educational system should have taught you and didn't because we all have gone through the educational system and have come out impoverished because the educational system did not teach us proper nutrition. It did not teach us detoxification. It did not teach us how to manage our emotions or how to look after our energy and vitality or how to look after our time and productivity or how to relate well to others or any of this, and yet that's what we put into the the Warriorship Black Belt program. So anyone who wants something even fuller is, is certainly welcome to that. I want to thank you so much for putting this amazing package together. I'm looking forward to getting it myself because this is the key to staying young, and everybody wants that. So thank you so much for sharing with us what true health and longevity is. And it's a really important message that the world needs now. So thank you so much, Dr. Simeon Rogers, for being with us. And to find more information about the program that Dr. Rogers is offering us today, the Chagong program, called Rock Solid Vitality, you will find it at thewisdomshow.com. Click on Special Offers. You will see Dr. Rogers' picture and the program there. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we look forward to sharing new possibilities with you next time on The Wisdom Show.
Thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit us at thewisdomshow.com for access to archives of previous shows and special discount packages offered by our world-renowned experts. Thanks to internetaudiohub.com for our state-of-the-art broadcast sound. Internetaudiohub.com is available for all of your Internet audio needs. We look forward to joining you next time on The Wisdom Show.